Hello and welcome to the Casuals to Degenerate podcast. I'm your host, Luke Probasco, and with me always is my co-host, Jacob Belleville. Hey, Jacob. How's it going? Happy Turkey Day. Oh, give me all of the Turkey Day. Give me, I love Thanksgiving so much. Give me football at 1130 instead of noon. Give me food to eat at lunch then reheats later. Give me naps. Uh, I can't, can't wait. It's two Sundays this week. You got Sunday on Thursday, and then you got more Sunday, and then you got all the rivalry games for the NCAA. Great week, love it. Absolutely. I mean, easily the second best holiday if you're a blue-blooded American male. <laughs> what is the best holiday? Is it Christmas? So I've always been partial to Halloween. Okay. I just love like horror movies, all that kind of stuff. So the whole thing, everything about it, I like. But there's something special about Thanksgiving and the fact that I can just sit there in like my recliner and be a complete piece for an <laughs> entire day and just watch football and eat. I will say there's something to that. Every, I've been married for... I don't even know how long at this point. Nine years? Eight years? I should probably know this. Cassie won't listen to this. Long time. And that is just accepted. Like, every other, like, Sunday, Saturday weekend, it's like, hey, we got to do this, this. It's Apple Orchard. It's this. It's this. Thanksgiving, it's like, Luke, I know you've already eaten but here's more food that you're just watching football. And I don't really get bothered. It's like, not you have to take care of the kids. And it's nothing we've ever talked about. It's just something like she does. And maybe it's just like, it's just been realized that like, this is my day. I, I think Thanksgiving trumps Father's Day by a lot. Like, we're both fathers. Yeah. Mother's Day, I still have to grill everything. I still got to, like, make the meal. I still got to take care of the kids. I got to be a dad. Thanksgiving, I can literally be just a slob. <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> the, the one thing that Cassie and I did, I don't know if you guys have done this, but, like, Cassie's like, oh, what are you going to do with the kids on Father's Day? I go, nothing. Like, I'm going to go do something by myself because I want my day. But it's about being a father and, you know, doing stuff together. I was like... Yeah, I just want to be by myself on Father's Day. I want to have me time. And then when she's like, oh, you know, whatever. Then when it gets to Mother's Day, I was like, all right, you get the kids. I get to be by myself. You go do something with the kids. And she's like, no, 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 no. It's like, exactly. Like, I don't know what you do on (laughs) Father's Day. Like, it, it feels like I have a responsibility to, like, take the kids and go like hike like go hike like in at Sailorville Lake or something or do something outdoors or go fishing something but I've got a two year old and a five year old. Fishing isn't easy. Yeah. And like, the, and the attention span does not last very long. No, they're hooking themselves, they're like being dangerous. I don't even know. <laughs> one, but I just wanted to end. One time Grant I took Grant fishing uh, this is before Mila, and he, he goes and casts it and just fucking hooks me on, on his cast. And I was like, I was like, okay, I'm this ain't a thing right now. All you can say is good effort, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I'm just in so much pain. Uh, but gonna have staph infection, whatever. 
Yeah, so I definitely appreciate Thanksgiving as a holiday. Well, I mean, let's just get into it. What is your Thanksgiving 101 food? Our quick hitter. People, you know, are here for these quick hitters. Got a big response to them. What's what's your turkey 101, or Thanksgiving 101? So the 101 of food for me is dressing, not stuffing. Stuffing is inside the bird. It's soggy. It's a mess. It's not good. Dressing is basically stuffing, but you actually cook it in a pan so that, like, you get some crispy edges, all that kind of stuff. But that's my 101 of food. And there's an art to it, but honestly, like, even if you put stovetop in front of me, I'd eat the crap out of it. I put some gravy on it, and it's just good. So, yeah, that's that's definitely my 101 of foods. I do have a controversial worst food of Thanksgiving that we do at all right my 101 and I was thinking about this is mashed potatoes like I don't even need the gravy. like I'm just thinking like gravy's like okay is that you know now is that two things like give me mashed potatoes and gravy love it mashed potatoes and I like the ones that are like not like the insta mashed potatoes I mean I'll eat them Again, you put them in front of me, I'll eat them. But you know the ones that got a little bit of the lumps in them? You've got the big potatoes that you've kind of mashed. There's some lumps in it. And I love putting noodles on them. I love noodles on top of my potatoes. Cassidy thought I was nuts putting starches on top of starches. I go, I don't even know what you're talking about, but this is fucking good. Try it. And she's like, oh. But give me noodles and potatoes together. If I have to pick just one, like, give me the base, give me that potatoes all day, every day. What's this hot take on the bad? I don't think it's a hot take, but the reality is, is green bean casserole, like, just schedule an appointment appointment with your doctor, because your taste buds are off. Okay, got, I, I like green bean casserole. Green bean casserole is disgusting. I think it's great. No. I mean, I don't know if it would be on my top five, but it would be in my top ten. There's not that many. Why do you like it? Uh, I like it for the crispy onions on on top. You should should eat some chips. (laughs) I love (laughs) chips. I love chips, too. Chips, right? All right, if you have to have one slice of pie... What slice of pie do you have at Thanksgiving? So I I feel like I should say pumpkin pie, but the reality is is the only pie that has ever really got me going is pecan pie. I love it. It's just like a sugar rush when you eat it. You don't like that answer? I don't like pecan pie. And honestly, I thought you were going to say... The only pie that gets to be going is putang pie. <laughs> and then you actually gave me a real pie. <laughs> so there's two pies that get me going. But pecan is definitely above the other pie. <laughs> I, I, I am a true American. So give me apple pie. Oh, I thought you were going to say French silk after saying you were a true American. <laughs> give me all the French sheep. <laughs> no, I love apple pie. I just love it. 
That's good. And then, you know, hey, if there happens to be some ice cream, put that on there too. But I feel like apple pie is something that I would buy outside of Thanksgiving. I would never buy a pecan pie or make one outside of Thanksgiving. Fair. Fair. Same with pumpkin. Like pumpkin I'm not making like in July. Yeah, no, you don't want that. Actually, I'm not making any pie. So let's, (laughs) we're just going to buy it. All right, my other quick hitter. Who is your Heisman front runner right now? Oh boy. So stats wise, I mean stats wise, it's really hard to argue that Drake May shouldn't get the Heisman. He has better stats than everybody out there. He's a quarterback. I mean, you can argue some defensive players, I guess, but they're not going to win it. I would say the guy that I think is going to win it, if he has a good game, is C.J. Stroud. I think if he has a good game against Michigan and they win, get to the playoff, I think he's going to win the Heisman. I think if they win on Saturday, I think Caleb Williams wins the, the Heisman. I did not think that they would make the playoffs. I thought they're a year away. Their defense isn't great. It's almost, you know, just like UNC on the West Coast. But they haven't lost yet. Grant, they haven't played anybody that great. Um, but if they can beat Notre Dame on national TV, I think this is, I think this game is Caleb Williams like Heisman game. Like they need to win cuz then you got one of Michigan and Ohio State's gonna lose. If USC looks phenomenal, I can see them putting a unbeaten uh, USC team in the playoffs. And I think you, I think you, I think the Heisman candidate or the Heisman winners gotta take their team to the playoffs. Like if if Stroud loses, then I don't think he wins. But if he wins and Caleb Williams wins but they don't like make it to the playoffs then I think it probably goes to Stroud I think there's just no way they don't do a non playoff team but I think it's Caleb Williams yeah and I think that's always been my issue with all these kind of like awards and voting types of stuff it's like oh you gotta make the playoffs well Drake May's stats are way better than any quarterback in the nation yep that is fact <laughs> it's like I mean, I understand that he's playing for North Carolina and they have no shot at getting to the playoff out of the ACC, but... It'll be between him and him and Caleb Williams probably next year. Yeah. I mean, and then, I mean, obviously, Quinn Ewers, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. One more... Let, let's let Quinn develop a little bit. Okay. Maybe let Arch, you know, come well, in. You know, he's going to develop by sitting behind Arch. Okay. <laughs> Learn how to play the position. All right, one last quick hitter. We played a QB a QB game, you know, a couple weeks ago. Now I've got an RB game. I put it in the chat. So far, everybody that has voted, there's six. Uh, you and I have not voted, so that this will be. I mean, I voted. I, you did. Yep. So you know where I voted. Okay, so everybody voted for A. So. Player A has 15 games under their belt, 120 rush attempts for four or for 640 yards and 11 rushing touchdowns. They have 20 receptions for 247 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, 
That is good for, looks like you put in here, 12.8 points per game. Thank you. Uh, player B has 11 games under their belt. And this is just for a one-year standpoint. It's not their career. Um, the, this is just one year. 94 rushes for 569 yards and five rushing touchdowns. 12 receptions for 154 yards and two touchdowns. That is an equivalent to the 15-game pace of the player A of 128 rushes for 776 yards rushing, seven touchdowns, 16 receptions for 210 and three touchdowns, good for 11.5 points per game. So roughly a point, 1.3 points difference between the two players. And you chose player A, correct? Yep. Yep. Who do you think player A and player B are? And they are college players. These are college stats. Oh. And I will say player A is now in the NFL, and he was a running back drafted in the first round. So, Najee Harris. Okay. Is that player A? That is not player A, but the right school. Okay. I don't know. Basically, when we're just looking at raw stats, like, I care about, like, we play a week-to-week fantasy league, so I'm looking at who gives me the best chance to win on a week-to-week basis, whether they're playing 11 games or 15. Um, so that's why I went with player A. Is player A Kenyon Drake? Player A is Josh Jacobs. Okay. Player B is also an Alabama running back. They are a junior this year, and it is Jace McClellan. There you like, go. He's putting up like some sneaky snap stats. He played a lot last year in the first couple weeks, and then tore his ACL, I think, in week three or so. Um, but he was mainly being used as a pass catching back. And then he's he got a chance to highlight himself a little bit against Austin P last week, but... I just, I guess, I didn't realize like how similar he has been to Josh Jacobs. I mean, granted, running backs aren't going in the first round anymore, but if he were to come out this year and go in the third round or fourth round, I think that's a sneaky, sneaky pickup, especially in in dynasty leagues that we all play in. Like he could be a end of the second, beginning of the third round running back that somebody takes that gets really good production. Or maybe he comes back for a senior year and he shows that he's an Alabama running back who can carry the workload, but I don't know if he needs to do that. No, I don't, he probably doesn't. So, I mean, if you're a Georgia running back or an Alabama running back, like you don't really need all the counting stats in the world coming out of college. Now, is that fair? Is it right? I don't know. But I, I know one of the big hang-ups with Josh Jacobs was a lot of teams really loved him, but the production, like, he, he split time when he was in college. And so that was a hang-up, like, when he was coming out for, like, dynasty rookie drafts. But clearly he can clearly play the position at least somewhat well. So, so yeah, that that is just something to – 
keep tabs on. I thought it was interesting, and I was, my mind was blown. Well, and then uh, Trey Sanders, I believe, just entered the portal. He did. So, like, does he know that McClellan's coming back, or, like, what's he running from? I I would I would assume McClellan's coming back if that, you know, given that, uh, and then McClellan will be the, the top dog. That would be my guess. But, yeah. Yeah. So, let's get into some NCAA news. We got a whole bunch of injuries to talk about. Tweet. Uh, Quorum hurt his knee. Had he not hurt his knee, you probably would have been uh, sitting pretty for your game going into the championship. Braylon Allen, he sat out a couple drives. He had a shoulder injury. Uh, Jacob Quentin Johnston hurt his ankle. Uh, Gibbs did not play, and then Prather did not play. We'll see if Gibbs gives it a go for the Iron Bowl this weekend. If I'm him... I don't know. Maybe I just shut it down and just start getting ready for the draft. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I can start him. I mean, I just don't know if he's going to play. I, I wouldn't play if I was him. Grim, uh, Donovan Edwards missed their game. He should be back this week against Ohio State. Big game. Brett Ali Jennings. I don't know if it's season-ending surgery. I'm pretty sure it is. Um, so he got you a zero this last week, and you were – Able to overcome it, so congratulations. Myself, uh, had Hendon Hooker towards ACL. That really hurt because I have been riding him this week or this year a lot, so that's rough. DTR hurt his right thumb in his heroic game, even though it turned out to be a loss. If I'm screwed if DTR doesn't play, even though it's like a Friday 3 p.m. game because Quinn plays that Friday at like 11. So with college news, like I could be in the championship just starting two quarterbacks or like a backup Alabama quarterback in the event that somebody gets hurt and gets hurt. Start and Quinn, you trust? No, I do not. <laughs> so I am. I'm. I'm thinking it's DTR's very last collegiate game. It's a rivalry game against Cal that he's just gonna nut up and play. So I'm going for that. And then Trayvon Henderson hurt his foot. So he was in a walking boot after the game. Unfortunately, this Ohio State-Michigan game, I, I don't see them having JSN for this game, and I don't see them having Trayvon Henderson. So it'll be a lot of Abuka and a lot of Marvin Harrison Jr. and Stroud tossing the ball around. Or Ohio State. They just don't have any weapons. Nothing. Uh, let's see here. Nate, Josh Downs is in and out of this game. He's just been beat up all year. I have a hard time looking at him now from an NFL standpoint of just being able to hold up very, very much. He's been great in the college aspects, but I'll be interested to see how he holds up in the pros. Ian, uh, Kendra Miller, TCU running back. He, he got injured in, in their game against Baylor. So, not Cover much, not, not, much not much for you, Ian. You're not playing this week, so, anyways. For TCU, going into a must-win game to try and make the playoff, to have QJ and uh, Miller, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah, Miller. So, luckily, they don't play anybody tough this week, so. Okay. <laughs> 
Uh, Iowa State's defense is pretty good, so we will see. And for whatever reason, like, TCU really seems to play up or down to their opponents. I don't know. They just don't seem to have that killer attitude. They just they let yeah. teams hang around. Here's the reality. They're going to have to play up to Iowa State. Okay? Is it at TCU or at Iowa State? I'd have to look. I don't, I'm not sure. I just, just It seems just like playing at Ames, like, there's some there's something there like teams just don't opposing teams just don't seem to play like super well there. It's because we're an awesome fan base and we're basically the twelfth man. Basically, it's probably basically. it's probably because Tweet goes to the games and they see him and they get they get psyched out. They see the oh, bear. Yeah. They see the bear. They've heard about the bear. See that gin bear up in the stands and you're like, what? <laughs> What is that guy blabbering about? Get back to the bus. <laughs> <laughs> Senior Bowl invites. So I want to talk a l- quickly about these. So I've been doing some research on a little bit of what the Senior Bowl really means. And it's the highest rates of being drafted for all the All-Star games. There's whatever, the Shrine Bowl, there's like Hawaiian Bowl, there's all these different kind of all-star games. If you go there, you're probably getting drafted. To get those invites, there are NFL scouts that have deemed you have a fifth-round draft pick or higher grade, and they want to get a closer look at you to see, are you actually a fifth-round, or like, hey, maybe you're not actually what we thought you were. So... You can kind of assume if you've got somebody going there, they should be drafted around that fifth round or so. So there is a first round of invites that go out that are 20 automatic invites that go out at the end of October. The next you get 40 priority invites that go out in mid-November. We are um, towards the end of November, so there have been 58 accepted invites so far, and there have been 60 out there. So there are two that nobody's accepted it yet. Who those two are, I'll be interested to see. I would assume they're running backs, uh, just because there's only like three running backs on the rosters, and usually there's like eight or so, like four for each team. So... I'll be interested to see those are. Uh, December 1st, there are 40 in-season invites. Um, and then before between the end of the regular season and before the bowl season, they're, they're kind of work on finalizing those rosters, uh, trying to get you know around 120-ish, 110 guys on their team. Because after those December 1st invites, that gives you 100 guys. Then there's the emergency invites that happen. With people get hurt in bowl games, things like that. So people that, some of this we've already talked about, some of them not. Nate got Tajay Spears, Luke Musgraves, uh, Dontavian Wicks. Tweet has Chris Rodriguez and Dalton Kincaid. Uh, nobody has NDSU uh, Hunter Lupke, Lupke uh, Brett, Clayton Toon, and Xavier Hutchinson. Ian has Chase Brown, Rashid Rice, and Puka Nakua. Chad has Ronnie Bell. Grim has Jaden uh, Reed. And Jacob, you have Jonathan Mingo. So just some guys to be aware of. And then turning pro, this came out this week. 
Ian Tanner Mackay says he is turning pro, but to my knowledge, doesn't have an invite anywhere. So weird power move, I guess. But, Professional lawyer. Yeah. So, insurance salesman. And then uh, the other piece of news that came out today was Lance Leopold, the Kansas head coach, uh, got extended through 2029. He's really turned that Kansas program around here in the last couple of years. Coming over from Buffalo and knocked off Texas last year and had an undefeated season like halfway through the season this year and bring some excitement there uh, to Rock Chalk, Jayhawk Nation. So I think that's a good move for the Kansas football team. I think it's a good move, but, I mean, seven years is a long time. It'll like, be get bought out at some point, but... I mean, hopefully not, right? But just signing a seven-year contract to a guy who went six and five ultimately i mean it's tough that tells you the level of success that they expect at kansas and they're like this is great yeah pretty much so well that does it here for my ncaa news take it away jacob for nfl news all right nfl news kind of talked about it on the chat today but uh sam darnold is going to start for denver Zach Wilson not starting, Davis Mills not starting. The NFL quarterback landscape is looking pretty icky right now. Um, Wait, David Mills isn't starting? Davis Mills oh, is not starting. Davis Mills isn't starting. But I thought like he was – like that's the one thing he had was like Houston – I read so, that somewhere. Maybe it was in the chat. I don't know. Yeah. I think I said that the one skill he has is being the only one available, and turns out he doesn't have that skill either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like an hour and a half after I said that. Basically, Davis Mills isn't starting. We're going to start Kyle Allen, who's terrible. So that was a roller coaster of of greatness in our in our chat. I love that. Honestly, it was a lot of fun. But um. So just looking at NFL quarterbacks, I mean, here's some teams that I think would be in the market for a quarterback in the 2023 draft. You got Houston and Carolina who are lined up to get Stroud and Young. After that, I don't know what NCAA quarterbacks are going to be taken, but other teams that should be looking at quarterback are New Orleans, Green Bay with the Rodgers probably retirement, Indianapolis, Atlanta, Washington, maybe the Jets now, maybe the Patriots with how bad Mac Jones has been. Got Bailey Zappi. Yeah, they got Bailey. Okay. Well, they've already gone back to Mac Jones, who's continuing to be terrible. You can't lose your job to injury, except for Jameis Winston. Yeah, Jameis Winston. (laughs) He was just the first overall pick. No big deal. And then, uh, I think, like, the Giants, I believe, want to move on from Daniel Jones, but I don't think the opportunity has presented itself for them. So, how many quarterbacks do we think are getting drafted day one and day two this year? Ten teams that I just listed have a quarterback need. I'm going to set the over-under at eight getting drafted in the first three rounds. What do you say, Luke? Should you should you say eight or should you say seven and a half? Or is it, would it be eight and a half? Whatever. I don't gamble. Okay. Um. Let's see here. Half. There you go. Okay. 
ten teams, eight get drafted the first three rounds, I am going to say under. Three rounds, yeah. I'm going to say under. I think I think a lot of them get taken, if they need them, I think they get taken in, like, round five. I just, I just think that there are still the COVID players that are coming that still makes this class deep that a lot of teams have other needs other than just quarterback that they can still get really good values at other places. So I think top three rounds might be pushing it for eight. But if you said how many get quarterbacks get drafted by round five, I would say over eight. Yeah. So basically, like, in the first three rounds, if I think if, if nine, nine quarterbacks were drafted, it would be about 10% of all picks. So it's a huge number. Yep. But at the same time, there's a lot of need out there. And I, I think I, I see two quarterbacks who are at the top of the class, and then you're, you're, you kind of got dart throws. But I feel like there's a lot of teams that need to take those dart throws. Take a shot on Anthony Richardson. You know, draft him. Let's see what happens. Because so, Baker and Darnold and some of these other guys aren't working out. So I have Bryce Young. So if anybody wants to come get Bryce Young before his price just skyrockets, I'm doing Black Friday deals. I'm doing Cyber Monday. Just come, you know, come talk to Team Paydirt. It could be actually a buy low moment for Bryce Bryce Young because reality is Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud are probably going to two of the worst teams in the league. Not just record-wise, but, like, they don't have anything. Carolina and Houston right now look absolutely terrible. Both sides of the ball. What if what – if, I'm just seeing this happen now. C.J. Stroud goes to Houston. You've got Nate, who's a closet Jets fan, who's bought about every Jet. And then he's going to have Stroud – and he's buying up all these Houston running backs. Dude's going to be a closet Houston Texans fan and Jets fan. And he's already a real-life Falcons fan, so, like, how bad would it be to, like, be a fan of those three franchises? Pretty depressing, Mm -hmm. but, I mean, I grew up an Eagles and Iowa State fan, so I know what it's like. (laughs) So... Yeah, what else? What what else? What other kind of news we got? So then, I just have the Thanksgiving Day games. Um, these are very Thursday NFL games. Um, Bills Lions. That should be a blowout. You got the Giants versus the Cowboys. It was announced that the Giants will have four starting offensive linemen out. Mike. I'm Micah Parsons might have 10 sacks by halftime. So. I would love that because I'm going to play the Dallas Cowboys defense in two leagues. So I would personally love that. Playing at home, give me all of it. He's tough enough to stop. And if you don't even have your starters in there, like it's it's already writing. Writing's on the wall. He's going to probably feast on Thanksgiving Day. Um, at least that game has the potential for like playoff implications in the real NFL. Um, then you got the Patriots versus the Vikings. 
again, Mac Jones has been awful, but we get to watch Justin Jefferson, and that's probably about all that's appealing about you, that game. I wonder, I, stop them. I wonder what happens with Kirk Cousin primetime game. Does he show up? Probably not. Probably not. Like It's probably a competitive game. And two, what the Giants-Cowboys game should be known for is the winner of this game gets Odell Beckham Jr. He's talking to both of those teams. I think there's like two other teams he's talking to. In, in no way, shape, or form do I believe that Odell is talking to the Giants. I think he wants to go back. But I think if the Cowboys win this, which they should, I think that uh, Odell goes and puts that star on his helmet. We're going to look back at this game where like, Thanksgiving's where it happened. As long as he's healthy, I mean, that's probably a good get for them. They, they, shouldn't, they should have never traded Amari Cooper for a fifth-round pick. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just crushing it. Well, he's, and, he's just doing what he's always done, right? And they're, they're in, like, desperate need of an ex-wide receiver. So, like, yeah, Michael Gallup just isn't filling that those shoes. You know, he's just not. So, league news. We touched on it a little bit last week, but Malik Wills, Thursday night football, did not play. Led his team morally to a 27-17 to victory. He gave Traylon Burks a pep talk. Yep. Traylon Burks goes for 111. That's what it is. Uh, trade counter, we're stuck at 75. Hopefully we can get some legal tampering going on. We get a slew of... Uh, trades coming here. Those trades for the NCAA side will open up Sunday morning. So I guess technically whenever the last game, I'm sure like Hawaii plays until like 2 in the morning or something. So sometime after 2, just make it like 8 a.m. I don't care. Put those, if you got any trades, put those out there into the ethers. Maybe maybe there might be some shakeups on the NFL side Sunday morning. Maybe teams wait to get those Cyber Monday deals. We'll see. Black Friday shopping, though. Go get in line. Let's see here. Oh, and if you have to go to uh, the South Pole, make sure to bring, uh, to get any penguins you might want, make sure to bring your coat. Don't go to Antarctica because everyone knows the penguins aren't, you know, in the northern hemisphere, they're in the southern. Everyone knows that. I was actually disappointed in you because I got that wrong. So Antarctica is actually at the South Pole. Well, there you go. I was right. Look at me. <laughs> Geography <laughs> challenged. Hey, you just let me lie and get away with it. Well, that's fine. <laughs> well, yeah, that sounds that sounds good for for Jacob. How? Huh, I was right. Here I am. But also, um, before the trade deadline opens up on the college side, my team, we're going to drop our nuts on Grimm. Okay? Okay. Sounds good. You're going to – and you already own Grimm's Grimm's pick, so it's going to be like a little – so, like, if there are going to be any halftime adjustments, you're you're just – but I'm willing to put his pick back on the line if he wants to make a friendly wager. 
Well, we'll see if he listens to it. Drop it in the chat there, uh, Grim, if you happen to listen to this before uh, Saturday. Here we go. Playoff recaps. Let's see here. Let me get the matchups up. Making for some great radio here. We got Grim versus Patrick. And in this one, I want to talk about Jaheim Bell and Dorian Singer for Grim. So Jaheim Bell has five receptions for 39 yards, two receiving touchdowns, and 82 yards rushing. With Marshawn Lloyd out another week, he acts as a running back. That was good for 29.1 points out of your tight end. Like, that's great. Then you've got Doran Singer puts up nine receptions for 176 yards and one touchdown, good for 32.6 points. He has been on an absolute tear here in the last, like, four or five games. His last five games stand goes 32.6, 13.3, 1.9, 39.1, 21.9. He's doing really good for Arizona. I like what they're doing. And we will see how that program, you know, I think it's just going to be a really good-looking program here in a couple of years. I, they got a lot of good freshmen in. I like the way that's shaping up. Patrick, you started Jordan Addison in that shootout game between USC and UCLA future first round pick with 11 receptions 178 yards receiving and one touchdown good for 34.8 points fun fact I just purchased a signed uh, Jordan Addison jersey for like pre-shipping was like $18 so I'm pretty pumped about that then we got A.T. Perry, the guy that you drafted, finally showed up. He had a big week against Syracuse. Ten receptions, 119 yards receiving, and three touchdowns, good for 39.9 points. However, in this family affair, Grimm pulls out the victory, 233.88 to 146.06. Moving on to Jacob and Corey in this one. Bijan did his thing. He had a bad game last week. He puts it aside, goes for 243 yards rushing and four touchdowns on Kansas, good for 48.3 points, almost puts up a 50-burger. Then he comes out and says that he will talk to his family, coaches, and, of course, the Lord Jesus Christ to if he is going to come out. Um, and I, for a fact, believe... Jesus plays fantasy football and has the 101 pick in his in his rookie draft. So, I think Bijan goes out <laughs> and uh, goes to the draft this year. Then we got uh, Kenny McIntosh goes two receptions for 19 yards, 143 yards rushing and one rushing touchdown, good for 24.2 points. Looking like a just absolute steal off the waiver wire. Great pickup by you, Jacob. Then the other pickup that I wanted to talk about was Keon Coleman. He had eight receptions for 107 yards and one touchdown. Good for 24.7 points. You knew he was athletic. You weren't exactly sure. But so far, he's been producing pretty well this year. And, again, another waiver wire pickup that's proven uh, pretty good for your team. 
Yeah, he's exciting. I mean, to be honest, like he's he's big, he's athletic, and then he's been absolutely destroying man coverage. So big and powerful. That's something that I I personally like to see. You know, I'm not a big like slot wide receiver guy. I really don't know how to evaluate that, but for him to be doing that against man coverage when he's manned up, like yeah, he's a dude. Uh, Corey Keelon Stokes. He had six receptions for 145 yards and one touchdown, good for 26.5 points. And then just your quarterback play has just been the total opposite of what it was last year. Last year he had 50 burgers, 40 burgers, definitely like over 35 just constantly. Here you have Allers put up 6.18 points, Hatcher put up 8.14 points, Bo Nix, uh, uncharacteristic day. He's battling a little injury. He had 15.18 points. Just total opposite. That seems to be the downfall for you this year. Jacob wins this one. 250.88 to 162.4. My next matchup I want to talk about is Ian versus Chad. So Chad makes a trade with Ian to get Anthony Richardson, starts him against him, throws for 400 yards, three touchdowns, an INT, and 25 yards rushing, good for 34.5 points. Anthony Richardson must really hate Ian because he showed up for Chad and has, I think he's had him for two games and done pretty solid for Chad. So Chad just must be a player's coach. Maybe Ian's getting a little stagnant. Uh, maybe he's a little, what was it, uh, fossil like. Uh, was it Jim? Perfect. Like. Kirk Ferentz like oh no <laughs> it's too strange you know let the reins up a little Ian maybe that's you know we've seen it on the NCAA side and the college side or on and the NFL side so maybe you know maybe there's a coaching aspect to this you need to maybe look in the mirror and then your other quarterback here Chad Frank Harris having just a tremendous year only has 103 yards passing and two touchdowns and an INT, but then ran for 124 and three touchdowns while also losing a fumble. He's been fun to watch just as an athlete standpoint. That was good for 42.52 points. Then, Ian, I just want to talk about Chase Brown. Three receptions for 24 yards, 140 yards rushing, and two rushing touchdowns against Michigan probably one of the tougher defenses that they have faced and he was injured last week probably toughs it out he's probably not 100 percent, especially at this point in the year and just crushing it so i'm kind of excited to see where chase brown gets drafted he's getting that senior bowl invite going in that probably top five rounds i'm curious where he goes i'm i'm excited to see what he can do and then just overall, just disappointment in your team. There's quarterbacks were okay, but just Nakua didn't score a lot. Xavier Worthy's just been super disappointing. Lou Nichols with three points. Just disappointment all around. In this one, Chad wins. He gets fifth place. Ian gets sixth place. Your guys' seasons are over. So... Get started on looking at those incoming freshmen that you want to uh, pick up in this upcoming draft. Then we get to our next matchup of Tweet versus Myself. And in this one, I want to talk about 
First, the records. So if Tweet and I played each other every week during the regular season, we'd both be 5-5, five and five, and I happened to beat him during the regular season. So I was 1-0 and against him. Pretty even matchup here. So did we have the real championship game a week early? This one was pretty close all day until UCLA played USC. This is now easily my favorite rivalry game of all time. Give me USC and uh, UCLA. I'm going to stay tuned every year going forward because this made me super happy. So I want to talk about Blake Corum on your team tweet. He had two receptions for 39 yards, 108 yards rushing, and a touchdown while losing a fumble when he hurt his leg. It looked like his shin. I don't know if it was his knee. That was good for 20.7 points. And he had that like the first half. Like, dude was going to just crush it. So that was a tough one to swallow there for you. And then I want to talk about Will Rogers just balling out against East Ten- Eastern Tennessee or East Tennessee, a directional Tennessee school, 301 yards passing, five passing touchdowns, negative 13 yards rushing, good for 40.74. That was a scary number to see early in the day. Then Hartman also puts up a scary number earlier in the day with 331 yards, passing four passing touchdowns and 44 yards rushing, good for 41.64 points. But then this one would come down to my quarterbacks here in Dorian Thompson-Robinson, DTR, and Caleb Williams. Uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson had 48.46 points, while Caleb Williams had 38.1 points. Just a great nightcap. And I just had consistency across pretty much my entire lineup here, scoring like upper teens to low 20s across the board. So that's what helped me get the win here. I win 324.84 to 278.94. Then our last matchup to see who's going to go to the championship game is between Nate and Brett. In this one, if Brett played Nate every week during the regular season. Brett would be 8-2. and two. However, he was 0-1 against Nate during the season. So he's looking for his revenge. This one was the closest matchup all day. But the story of this one is just disappointment. You've got Nate. Jaron Hall was the only one who really showed up for you. He had 50.54 points from the quarterback spot. Just crushed it. And I guess you could say Austin Jones in that USC game with 33.7 did great. And Tajay Spears with 31.6. But LaDamian Webb, surprise and active, gets you a zero. Billingsley a zero. Josh Downs has been putting up a lot of points. Just gets you a 6.1. Just a lot of disappointment. Stroud can't even break 16 points. That's just tough. And then for Brett, you have Clayton Toon puts up 43.7 points. Mo Ibrahim with 32 points. Going up against a tough Iowa rush defense. Rushes for 263 yards and a touchdown. Good staples to have. However, you have a surprise inactive with Ollie Jennings and the news coming out that you know he had surgery. In this one... Brett pulls out the win, 246.14 to 234.44. This one would come down to a long, 
I believe it was an 82-yard Jordan Mims run that put Brett up late in this one. So now that was last week. Now we've got our playoff preview. So championship-wise, it is Brett versus myself. We are the division winners for each one. Um, Then we've got Jacob versus Grimm going for the 102. If Grimm played Jacob every week during the regular season, he'd be 5-5 but he beat Jacob during the regular season in week nine. Got the win there. Corey and Patrick. Patrick's already locked up the 101. Corey, this one would be for 104 if you're playing anybody else, but you have now solidified your 104 pick. Corey, if he played Patrick each week, would be 8-2. and two. Now that's just dang surprising that Patrick would win two games this year. So, and then... Corey, you played Patrick earlier in the year and won in week two. Our third place battle is between Tweet and Nate. Nate, if he played Tweet each week during the regular season, would be three and seven. However, you did pull out a win against Tweet in week two, but your teams look drastically different now. Brett versus Luke. Luke would be six and four if he played Brett every week, and he is 0 and 1 against Brett and lost in week five. So Luke's only blemish this year is against a talented team out east in Brett. So he's looking for that uh, comeback win here. So I was able to get some comments from the Bear. He was not able to make it tonight. But here are his picks. Rough week last night for the Bear. The Bear's not happy with the outcome of one of these games. He thinks the USC-UCLA game was the worst game of the week. Now let's get in. Jacob versus Grimm. This one is to determine the winner of the toilet bowl bracket. I like Jacob in this matchup. For third, fourth place, we've got Tweet versus Nate. Both teams obviously lost last week, and they are both very disappointed in their squads. Who will come out on top of this last game of the year? The Bears going with none other than Tweet to finish in third place. Then we've got Luke versus Brett. This one's for all of the marbles. The two best teams all year will be fighting it out to see who's the king of the college fantasy side. Can Luke's team ride into the sunset during rivalry week? Or will the preseason favorite come out on top this week? This was a very tough decision for the Bear, but he thinks he has made the right one. Give the Bear Team Luke for the championship. I then later said, what, you're not going to do a recap for Corey and... Patrick, he says, I don't have time to write up something like that. Give me Corey to win. (laughs) So, uh, power rankings, nothing changes after week 12. 10, Patrick. 9, Jake. 8, Corey. 7, Dennis. 6, Ian. 5, Chad. 4, Nate. 3, Tweet. 2, Brett. 1, Luke. That is the college side. Jacob, off to you for NFL matchups. Yeah, the only thing I would add is if I'm Grim, I'd take me up on that offer to get back that uh, his first-round pick just because I'm starting a true freshman quarterback. Ja'Curry Brown's my guy. Oh, man. 
He he did not look good against Clemson, but he it was Clemson. Yeah, but I think Clemson has a very very good defense. Very good. Yep. If they have anything, they have that. Yep. So we're gonna write him again. Honestly, it's because I don't have another option. <laughs> <laughs> In Jacory, you trust. What's that? In Jacory, you trust. There's worse things to trust in. Like, I could be trusting in, like, Adrian Martinez again. Well, he's already out. He's out for the week. Yeah. So. Which then brings in this whole other thing, because Will Howard will now be in his fifth game, so he will be burning his red shirt. So just kind of an interesting real football talk about that Kansas sucks State. For him. It does. So. Yeah. Anyways. All right. So. On to NFL recaps. Week 11, me versus Corey. The Steady Eddies got back on track this week, getting Corey his second loss in a row this and third of this season. Luke has now been gifted the number one seed for playoffs with three weeks to go, and he only has me to thank for that. And I am truly grateful. You should be. You know, I was putting up a lot of points, but then I was losing, you know, because it's a lot about points. And then now I've scraped my way back, and now I've got a record, you know, that, you know, because now it's, you know, about records. So records are really important. So here I am, and, you know, I'm just, I'm very thankful. I think I might play Corey at some point still in the last three weeks. So then, you know. It's not all about you. You could have lost, and then I beat him later. Then we tie. I've got the points, because points matter. And, you know, I don't know. But I will thank you. I'll thank you. you should, I mean, it's the season of thanking. Right, right. Right. And then soon it will be the season of giving. Yeah. So if anybody wants to give me their players, if anyone wants to give me wins, I'll take it. I was thinking you would give me the championship. Oh. <laughs> In return for me giving you the onesie. I need the money <laughs> because I I mentioned it earlier in this one and then talked to you beforehand, but so I got this Jordan Addison jersey, but then I also bought a JSN jersey. And you'd be like, now I've got a JSN jersey. Signed football and a signed mini helmet. So I'm all in on JSN, and I know a few Ohio State homers that all goes wrong, they'll at least purchase it from me. That's good. So I've got a backup plan, but pretty excited about that. Nice. So then the next matchup we have was Luke versus Nate. Tweet once again barely scores over 100 points. Wait up. Hold on. It wasn't Tweet. It was Nate. (laughs) (laughs) Only one direction for Nate to go from here, I guess. He's going to need some work to work some Black Friday magic if he wants to be a real contender next year. Hopefully, he chooses the right offer. A misstep could prove catastrophic. Once trading opens up again, will Nate find himself eating leftover pumpkin pie... Or will he be sitting down with a big slice of humble pie? Whoa, deep stuff here. I didn't even think about humble pie for food 101. Might be his. 
could be his. If he accepts the wrong offer, obviously. Is is there only one right offer, and that's Jacob's offer? Maybe. Because I I just put in an offer last night around ten ten thirty. I called my agents, called his agents. His agents were getting ready for bed, and I was like, "Hey, I'm gonna throw my hat in the ring. Here it is." And then he said, "Noted." We will take it up to management, which I assume is his wife, and his wife is actually, you know, pulling the strings behind, you know, behind the scenes. So we'll we'll see what happens. I made up my offer just because. Oh no! Oh Jesus! Why not? You only live once, Yolo. I'm pretty confident in my drafting abilities on the on the college side, so. We'll see. I can, I can find another Quinn or Quinchon Judkins. Look at you. Look at all that confidence. Just swag. Is that a Dion jersey you're wearing? I mean Should be. Who is Swack? <laughs> Me. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Patrick versus the Dweller. Oh, the Dwellers. The Dweller in recent weeks has been pulling all sorts of shenanigans to put up points. He wants a buddy. He wants to pull another poor soul down with him. He wants to cover someone in rotten filth and wear their skin as a meat costume. (laughs) He wants to be Lady Gaga at the 2010 MTV Music Awards. Fortunately for all of us, he has been unsuccessful for six straight weeks. Patrick has now nearly punched his ticket to the playoffs. Hopefully he gets there... Hopefully, once he gets there, Kadarius Tony, AJ Dillon, and Kirk Cousins can manage more than five points combined. Woof. Yeah. So the Hog Squad tweet versus Grim. Sometimes game plans go your way, sometimes they don't. Most of the time, game plans are useless, and players just need to drop their nuts. AB has the Hog Squad dropping their nuts. Again, they still lost by a ton of points. <laughs> but things are looking erect. Grim gets the win and pretty much has the two seed in playoffs locked up. He's probably not going to lose that over the next three weeks. It's just amazing that that two seed is going to be like, because we got five teams in each division. That that two seed could be anybody in the NFC because Nate is six and five. So is Grim. Um, I guess Grim has him in points by about two fifty or so. But just a pathetic AFC squad over there. Pillow fights. I mean, if if I had to place a bet, like he's probably the third best team. Honestly, he he is he is putting up a lot. We went through the metrics last week. He's you know just been unlucky. Points over wins, like I've always said. Right, it's always about the points. <laughs> All right, Ian versus Brett. This week we are going to introduce a new segment entitled "Oh No, Brett." <laughs> Unless some trading starts to happen, 
This will be an ongoing segment going into next season. This week, Brett's quarterbacks combined for a total of 11.5 points. The horrible P.J. Walker isn't even to blame for it. As of today, former first overall pick Baker Mayfield has lost his job to Sam Darnold, who happens to be the only bad Panthers quarterback that Brett doesn't roster. Looking at what he has coming from the college side, there's a very real possibility that Brett may not have a starting quarterback on his roster in 2023, as Detroit may be looking to replace Jared Goff. This is a DEFCON 2 level issue in a Superflex League. Oh no, Brett. What is your action plan? Hopefully it's not hope, because hope is not a plan. Nope. But it's looking pretty uh, shaky. I've got Bryce Young. I heard he's going to be out there for Black Friday and Cyber Monday deals. So, Brett... Maybe we can talk. He's got Stefan Diggs. Dang. That would be that would be scrum diddlyumptious. I would take that as my Thanksgiving one oh one. Well yeah, you're probably gonna have to get more than Bryce Young, but oh, okay. You know. Let's talk, Brett. Feel free to reach out. But yeah, Brett, you gotta do something about that. Like, if you don't have a single quarterback to start, this format is just going to be, it's going to be rough. And you're going to have to start, I know you've uh, kind of made it, you've done really well, you made it, I think Brett made it to the championship last year. Yep. Um, So this would be back-to-back champion, yeah, this might be back-to-back championships for me and and Brett, and... He's going to have to start finding Devy quarterbacks is what's going to have to happen. I don't know if he has those. And they're hard to find because college quarterbacks always don't always translate. Uh, honestly, if I'm him, I'm trading a Tyreek Hill or Stefan Diggs. One, one of his big pieces, I'm, I'm trading for a guy that I truly believe is going to be an NFL quarterback. Got to. I mean, you have, you have to have at least one. Like, you can probably skate by by starting someone in that super flex position that is a really good skill player. But, man, if you don't have one stud quarterback, you're, you're kind of sunk. Maybe we should do a podcast here in the future because we got college football. We'll just have a quick recap in our next one, but do a re- – kind of like teams needs of just like we'll evaluate teams and where their soft spots are that hey maybe you should address this we should do that maybe that'd be good so then nfl power rankings um no change with the first four so luke one me two Corey three grim four patrick moved up one to five Nate moved down one to six. Ian moved up one to seven. Brett down one to eight. Chad at nine. Tweet. Yeah, you're bad. <laughs> it's like Chad's in the cellar and then tweets in like the basement of the cellar. Listen, 
Tweet's team is kind of on an upswing. I mean, yeah, I guess. Maybe they trended up. They they found a ladder. Well, yeah. He's at the bottom rung of the ladder. Yeah. Yeah. I and I see I see here Nate, I feel like like you said, Patrick's almost punched his ticket here. He's he's sitting at was it? He's sitting at seven and four. So yep. we got the top two in each division right now. It's uh you and me sitting at one and two in, in the NFC. Grim and Ian, the one and two, and then it's the next top two record. So then it would be, at that point, it'd be Corey and and Patrick. And I think Corey's teams just lost two in a row. Things just don't seem to be clicking like they were earlier. I think he's in jeopardy of possibly missing the playoffs, depending if Nate, you know, can turn his squad. Only two games behind, he might be able to squeak out some wins. But yeah, Ian at four and seven currently, being that four seed, is is something to note. But yeah, a lot of it's going to look like the NFC here. Yeah, my, I don't know. My thing is some of those teams that are kind of looking at maybe making playoffs. They should really be making moves for next year. I agree. You've got, I think in this case, you've got three really solid teams with uh, your team, Grimm's team, and myself. Yeah, but I mean... All like, takes those one given, only one given Sunday, things can all get messed up. Just ask Nate on his like super team that he built last year. Which then, again, dude had this crazy good team last year, tore it all down, and is in the process of rebuilding and looking really good. For sure. So I mean, my whole thing is, like, look at where your points are coming from. Are those guys, like, 30? <laughs> if they are, like, you're probably not in a great position. Like, long term. I. I get selling out to win it all, but at the same time, if you sell out to win it all, you got to realize that you got to make some trades. You got to do some crazy kind of stuff on the other side on college to like make up for that. Plus, you got to have luck because Nate sold out. He did really good and just had bad luck. Guys got hurt and it cost him. Yep. So I mean, it probably cost him a couple of years because now he's got to rebuild. He's rebuilding quick. But he's really active in the trade market. So if you're not active in the trade market uh, and you don't, you know, hit like this, like Grimm's, Grimm's made some trades. He's done a lot of wheeling and dealing this year. He's in a win-now mode. Like if he doesn't win, what's that college side look like? And then you're going to have to start – you're going to have to probably tear down maybe a year before you really want to, but it might be necessary. Right. I mean, it just gets scary kind of quick in the, this type of league. Yeah. So, I mean, it's easier to, like, cut bait with a guy a year early versus not cut bait and then he's useless later. Like, A.J. Green is a prime example. You can't trade that guy for nothing. But if you, you know, go to the last year where he was productive, you trade him, you can get a lot. Yep. Cause still betting on that profile of what he's done before. Yep. 
It's a lot of like I'm trying to think of another good good player that well, like I, Alan I got, like Allen Robinson last year. Like Allen Robinson, yep. Andre Johnson, like towards the end of his career. Honestly, I'm looking at DeAndre Hopkins kind of that way. Like, yeah, he's still elite right now, but if I don't trade him by next year, like, what's going to happen? Yeah, he's just going to retire on your team, and then you're just going to yep. have a roster clogger. Well, is that does that do it for us today? I think so. I think that's it. All right. Well... This is going to be our Thanksgiving podcast. We'll get back uh, to things next Thursday, which will be Thursday, December 1st. It'll be the holiday. It'll be the Christmas month when we get back. We'll talk about our NCAA champions, uh, our our NCAA champion, where our – do a brief recap. I probably want to do a whole bunch into it. Just say the winners and losers, and go through our draft picks. See what where everybody ended up, and get into our NFL picks. Recap any major Black Friday deals uh, or or uh, Cyber Monday deals that happened, and go from there. Then it'll just be pretty much just any Senior Bowl updates or any relative updates there but we'll pretty much just skip the ncaa side for you know a couple weeks and focus mainly on the nfl so we'll see if these next few podcasts are a little bit shorter but hopefully have some guys on and do something fun i don't know i don't know what to do but we're gonna have to be scraping through content yep can i say one last thing you want to say start your studs no. Points matter. I want to say if you have a lot of guys that are going to the senior bowl, they're not that good. Enjoy. All right. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving. See ya. Bye.